Welcome to our podcast. Great that you're back. We very much appreciate your interest and we have already gotten some super feedback from the first podcast. So please send us your messages whenever you want. Go to www.theoriginalbudweekcenter.com. Contact us, give us your questions. We are very keen to support you. We have more than 20 years of experience in this field. We have spoken to more than 10,000 people with cancer in our program, more than 1,500 people. We have supported them actively on their journey. And today, as always, is my good friend Lothar, Lothar Hirneise. And we're going to talk today about, the, go a little bit deeper into the link between stress and cancer. We talk a little bit about Dr. Frieda, the wonderful woman we both met in Germany. And we're going to talk a little bit about the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system, where there's a strong link between that uh, feeling of stress and the body response to that. So, Lothar, let's kick it off with the theory of Dr. Frieda. Yeah, well, yeah. Maybe I'll talk a few words about uh, the, this famous and, and very friendly lady who died quite too early. Um, Dr. Frieda was working in, in, in a fa famous, famous hospital of Dr. Isels in Bavaria. Isels became very, very popular not only in Germany, because he was the first doctor who had uh, uh, a hospital and did in this hospital alternative cancer therapies. And of course, he also had uh, very, very uh, famous patients from all over the world. <clears throat> Dr. Frieda, um, wanted to do a work with the University of Vienna in, in Austria and uh, about hormones, about different kinds of hormones. <clears throat> and for that, she started to check the adrenaline hormone in the body of uh, the cancer patients in this hospital. And she was then very, very, uh, how can I say, yeah, totally surprised that the cancer patients they had a very low level. You know, normal level is around 20, and, and, and most of the patients, they had less than two. So around 10% or less, what, what is a normal level of adrenaline in the body? And she was really surprised because she thought all these patients in the hospital, most, you have to know, most of these patients have been uh, final stage uh, cancer patients. And she, of course, saw that they have very, very high levels of adrenaline because we all know adrenaline is, uh, is the hormone which we normally are having a lot in our blood, in our system when we have stress. And of course, uh, as a cancer patient in a final stage, you have stress. So, and so she was totally surprised. This was the first thing. And then she did something, how can I say, very interesting. She asked herself, what does this mean? And why does these people are having so low um, uh, levels of adrenaline? So uh, you have to understand, um, there are two hormones that are working uh, um, very close together. This is insulin and adrenaline. Insulin is bringing sugar into the cell, we all know that. And adrenaline is the main hormone or is main uh, uh, responsible for that, that the sugar also goes out of the cell. And now think about it. Um, your adrenaline level goes down to 10% or less. The first question is, how is this possible? This, let me say first, how is it not possible? It's not possible if you have a big, big stress just for a few days or for a few weeks. 
Uh, then, of course, um, um, you still have a lot of adrenaline in the body. And, pardon. And this is not a problem at all. But the adrenaline level can go down if you have stress over years. Um, how is this possible? For example, you are married with somebody who drinks too much alcohol. And so you don't have to have stress every day, you know, because he's not drunken, for example, your, hus your husband or your wife every day. But every day you're thinking about it. Every day you are worried that maybe something happens. So if you are married with somebody who drinks too much alcohol, you have everyday stress. And then over the years, you know, your kidneys, who are normally producing the adrenaline, they are not able to produce so much adrenaline you are using. And this is, this is the reason why then the adrenaline level goes down. But this is a long, long process. This is not happening um, over a few days or weeks or months. Normally, this is only happening over many years. And I also tell you already a, a big, big challenge here. This is also the problem to bring it back up, you know. Um, this is also not an easy thing. You can't inject just uh, adrenaline because this stays only for a few minutes in, in your blood. Um, it takes a long, long time, normally a lot of months, even years. So, and then, and then what happens in a cell? Uh, if the adrenaline level is very low, uh, in the cells, the sugar, too much sugar is in the cells, and the sugar stays too long in the cells. And then, this is very bad for a cell, because the cell has only two ways now. The first one is to die, or the second way is to get rid of the sugar. And this is exactly what a cancer cell is doing here. The cancer cell uh, found a way to get rid of the sugar in, in this way that it stops that the oxygen goes into the mitochondria to produce the ATP. So it stops here and then the cell is able to burn down uh, normally it's 18 times more, but it can even go, go, go higher here. But let me say it, it burns down 20 times more sugar than a healthy cell. And so this system then is helping the cell to survive. And here comes a very, very important and interesting point. You can see on this example, uh, a cancer cell is not a bad thing at all. A cancer cell is helping you to surviving. And this is maybe a totally different way of, uh, of thinking. And I think we have to add helps you survive, survive in the short term. Yes, yes, that's right, you know. But this is like with each illness, you know. Uh, let, me, let me tell you what is for me um, 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 uh, an Ill illness, a so-called illness. For me, there are no illnesses existing. For me, an illness is nothing else than a regulation system of the body or even uh, of the mind. So, um, uh, let me give you uh, one or two examples here. For example, if you have fever, is this an illness? Of course, this is an illness and normally you get something to bring the, the, the fever down, for example, like antibiotics. But, if, so, but is, is this really a bad thing, fever? No, fever is helping to burn down, for example, bacteria or virus. Um, fever is helping that the cells can communicate very faster. So you see in the beginning, fever is a very, very good thing which is helping the body. But if you have fever too long, it will kill you. Yeah. 
or let me say high blood pressure, which is a, a big, big thing in medicine. Okay, so is a high blood pressure bad? Of course, everybody would say this is a very, very bad thing because it can make a stroke or a heart attack or something like this. But think about in the beginning, a high blood pressure is bringing the blood better to your small vessels and also better to the organs. And it's helping all the cells in your body. So this is not in the beginning a bad thing. And the same is with a tumor. Is a tumor a bad thing? Not at all in the beginning because a tumor, just to give you a few examples, a tumor is burning down sugar. Uh, a tumor can collect a lot of poisons on one part in your body. A tumor can collect and, and kill, for example, parasites or, or fungus. We all know fungus, if, if a fungus goes to your brain, for example, you can die very fast. So it's quite better if the fungus is uh, uh, in your breast instead of your brain and so on and so on. I could tell you here a lot of uh, uh, reasons why having a tumor is a good thing. But then later, of course, like with fever, like with all the illnesses, the illness is killing you. But once again, in the beginning, all these symptoms or how, how I call it, all these regulation systems are helping you. Absolutely. And I think this is a huge, huge breakthrough because again, it takes away the victim uh, uh, consciousness and you become more aware that it is, uh, has a purpose and we understand in the short term it helps you and if you that's the good news the not so good news is if you don't do anything about the causes if you change the causes then that's a fantastic news because now it tells you what you need to do now if you're not changing the cause obviously it will continue and that's the bad news exactly so I think a very imp interesting point when it comes to cancer and stress is the whole understanding of the sympathetic nerve system and the parasympathetic nervous system. And what I think science has proven is this, that if the stress response is activated, it's usually activated through the sympathetic nervous system and then the fight and flight response takes place. And this means the body is prepared to fight something and it's an old evolutionary program that's very important for survival but it also means from a body functioning point that some of the body functions that is not needed that are not needed in a stress uh, fight and flight response are shut down for example the intestines the gut so that is the seat of the immune system so what i think the mind body experts are finding out now is that if the sympathetic nerve system is activated, basically the immune system is, is shut down more or less. Now the parasympathetic nervous system is called the relaxation and interestingly enough the digestion uh, response. So it means we relax and we digest. So the immune system in the gut is activated again and it means literally if you're stressed, your body cannot relax and, and not digest and therefore the immune system is basically not working completely. And I think this is also an interesting understanding that the hormones play again a very important role in the system. And if we have too often the parasympathetic, sorry, if we have too often the sympathetic nervous system activated, and this can be activated by mind stress in a sense, then the immune system is not working properly and the the regular uh, the rest uh, uh, no what's the word the 
the regulation is not working, but also the repair is not working. Uh, what, what are your views on those nervous systems? I agree totally. Um, 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 what you said, uh, there is nothing to add from my side. Maybe, but maybe one thing I, I would like to show here also. Um, this, this regulation system of the nerve system shows also that we, uh, how can I say, you know, that we have a lot of old systems in our body. We maybe not 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 need or, or we, we, we really don't use it really uh, uh, in a perfect way uh, uh, nowadays. Uh, so so it's the same with, um, with 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 the tumor, you know. Um, this old system that uh, a cancer cell can stop using oxygen um, maybe was very, very important, let me say, 10, 20, 50,000 years ago. Uh, like you said uh, just a few seconds ago, um, you know, the old system uh, to run away if something happens. Um, this was very, very important uh, a few thousand years ago. But today it's so, so different. Um, today we don't need some of this let me say, old evolutionary systems, but we still have them and we have to find a way how to live with them. Absolutely. And I think from our experience and from the feedback of, of thousands of people we've spoken over the last 20 years, there is definitely something we cannot ignore. And that is that there is an increase in stress and there is an increase in lifestyle stress more or less and it's not an increase in acute stress which is now and then stress it is an increase in chronic stress and and therefore that's why we address it even if it's not so easy to put a direct relationship between stress and cancer but there's definitely definitely a link to the whole issue absolutely yeah well <clears throat> i agree with that uh, 100% I also agree, like you said, you know, it's not that we have today more stress than, let me say, the people 200 years ago. Not at all. But with the way how we feel stress, the way what we expect from life, I think this changed so much in the last years that we really can say uh, people are having more stress even there. How can I say there is no need to have this kind of stress. But people, they feel it. We, we, we talked to so many uh, patients in the last 20 years, and I agree totally. Um, even I think sometimes, why is this so so bad for this person? Or why, why does this person feel so bad? Um, it doesn't matter how I feel. The important thing is how much stress is the cancer patient are having. And, uh, and quite often, they have a lot of stress. A very odd and strange thing we also experience, we sometimes have so-called very healthy people coming to us. In a sense, they are definitely not overweight. They have definitely done yoga and other physical exercises. They have a perfect body mass index. They are uh, not diabetics. They do uh, relax, meditate, and they have cancer. And, and, and then there is that big question, and for them it's a big question, why is this happening? And I think the link that is really here, the issue, is definitely something on the, the stress area. And, and then when those people take time to reflect, they completely agree. For example, uh, I had a conversation the other day with a lady, and she's a complete perfectionist. So basically, she is her worst enemy. 
and she's she basically insults herself on a daily basis because she never fulfills the expectation that she herself has about something and it could be little things you know how she talked how she walked how she went shopping if she responded in a certain way if she have if she didn't achieve a certain task she said she, uh, she set out herself to do it she didn't achieve it so there's this massive perfectionistic drive which is a complete stressor to the system absolutely we all know this this uh, uh, other example uh, if people are not having money and of course if you don't have money you have stress through not having money and then later maybe the same people they they, they earn money or they, they they get some more money or, or or they even become rich but do they have less stress quite often not yeah and this is this is exactly what what i said before you know it doesn't matter how we see a thing um, uh, the the important thing is how much stress is somebody feeling exactly and it that that is the word how much do they feel perceive so it's not a r objective thing it's a very much a subjective thing uh, and by the way just to complete uh, this uh, podcast today from our perspective we see basically three ways to deal with stress the number one issue is to understand the source of the stress and see if you can avoid it or stop it or at, re at least reduce it so that the stressors get reduced secondly learn relaxation meditation mindfulness practice do it on a daily basis so that your battery gets loaded up with energy and thirdly, that's what we just talked about. Let's look at if we can change the interpretation, the thinking. How do we feel about something? Because if the bus is late, usually there is nothing to worry about. There's a second bus coming. But we get so upset about this that we miss that one bus. And that's, a, um, that's something in our mind. It's a self-talk. That's the belief systems we have about being late. And that's something we can change. So those are definitely three ways of dealing with stress. Lothar, thank you very much for today, for the podcast. I think it's a very, very important one. I think over the next podcast, we will probably always come back to the issue of stress, but I hope we could uh, share a little bit of our insights. Thank you very much, Lothar, and thank you, uh, dear listeners, for listening in today again. And until we speak or hear ourselves or hear, hear us again in the next podcast, all the best from Klaus. And all the best from Lothar.